Welcome, everybody. This is the Internet Marketing Unleashed podcast with Scott Patton, the Dean of Blogonomics and Pedology. How are you doing today? We're doing great. I have a very, very special guest. And before I introduce him, I'm going to do something that I have never done before. I'm going to read a few quotes. See if you can tell where these quotes come from. Hustle beats talent when talent doesn't hustle. I attribute my success to this. I never gave or took any excuse. To succeed in life, you need two things, ignorance and confidence. That actually is one of my favorite quotes of, of all the quotes I'm reading today. I just think that is great. Yeah, if you knew what you were getting into, you might not do it. And if you're confident that you can do what you don't know what you're getting into, then you're well on your way. Ambition is the path to success. Success is largely a matter of holding on after others let go. And that's very true. Doing the best at this moment puts you in the best place for the next moment. So my guest today is the best-selling author of Elevator to the Top. He is the hardcore closer, Ryan Stuman. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, Scott? I'm excited to be here, and uh, I don't think anybody's ever like quoted me before. That's kind of cool, you know. Like, I really appreciate you taking taking the time to to find that stuff and put it together, man. That's awesome. I really appreciate that. Well, I'm not. Yeah, you're welcome. I, they really hit me, you know. I thought, wow, like this this is really, really, you know. You everybody should just write those down, put them on your desk, put them on your mirror in the bathroom or something, and and integrate that because you know to succeed in life you need two things ignorance and confidence like oh wow you know uh, a lot of the people that i deal with are learning how to podcast so they have ignorance they don't know how to do it right they may be very confident speakers uh, but oftentimes they'll tell me you know if i knew what i was getting into when i started my podcast i don't know that i would have done it and i think of all the things i've done in the past and I think, yeah, you know, ignorance is bliss. And but have the confidence to get through the ignorance to the the prize on the other side uh, is is really important too, right? Because we don't know what we know, uh, but if we don't have the confidence to move forward when we hit those obstacles and challenges that always come up, if we don't have the confidence and self esteem. We just turn around and say, well, I guess this isn't for me. See you later. Yeah, well, you know, the the way that I came up with that quote actually is in sales, like it like let's just use like financial sales. If the person knows how much money is at stake, they always like they're willing to take less. Right? So like if they know that there's a hundred thousand dollars in commission at stake, they're like, ah, but I could live on ten, so I'll just like lower my price. Mm. But when they're ignorant of how much money's involved, they'll sell that thing at at full pop and work as hard as they can. And uh, and close the thing because of their confidence. But once they start to find out how much money is at stake, then it then it seems to lower their confidence. That's interesting. I uh, I'm on a world tour right now. I'm I'm talking to you from Macedonia in Europe, but I come mm -hmm. from Vancouver, BC, Canada, which has a real estate bubble. It's been probably a forty year real estate bubble, to be quite honest. It doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime soon, but. Uh, the Chinese are buying a lot of property. Like they've made millions of dollars in China. They want to get out of China. 
the west coast of North America is one place where they're going. It's not just Vancouver, but uh, they're very, very influential in that market. And so there are a lot of Chinese realtors, and I know quite a few of them. And one of the things that they always say is, I gave back 25, 50% of my commission. I did this, just exactly what you're talking about. Uh, so my question now is, you know, how can you stop doing that? Like, how, like what would be the way to... Because the premise that you just said was, if I didn't know that I'm going to be getting $100,000 on this deal, no problem, I'll just sell it and, and everything else. As soon as I know, lack of confidence, I give it away, I give it away. How can they change that around? Uh, well, you know, that's a, that's really a mental game. And, and by the way, I have a, a client, his name's Toma Sajonski. He... he is a mortgage officer out there in Vancouver. And man, the deals that he tells me that the uh, Asian investors, y'all had to actually like pass a law and stuff to keep Asian investors from buying property in your place. Like, I'm pretty sure that, uh, I mean, you guys, it's 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 amazing. He, you know, I hear his stories all the time. He was telling me about how he sold his last house for like five times what he paid for it, like just two years prior and stuff. So it's, it's crazy. It's insane. Um, but what, what the salesperson has to do, you know, in that instance is, is gain confidence. Uh, and really that's gain inner confidence in themselves. You know, a lot of people, they, they give away the money because they don't feel like they deserve it. And, uh, you know, if it's there on the table and it's there for the taking, why, why wouldn't you feel like you deserve it? But a lot of us, we come from humble beginnings and, and we have upper limits and everything else that we hit. And I think a lot of it has to do with that. So you've got to work on the confidence game, you know, confidence that you have the, you know, what, the number one reason people don't have money is because they don't have the confidence that they can manage the money responsibly once they get it. And people fear being that like one hit wonder, like, oh yeah, you know, he got a million dollars and he blew it all on hookers and blow. You know what I mean? Like yeah. nobody wants to, to be that, like the lottery winner, you know, and nobody's like jealous of a lottery winner. Every time somebody wins the lottery, like, well, that guy's life's over. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And usually it is, sadly. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. going to have fun for a couple of months. That's about all you can think, right? It's like this will be a fun couple of months for them. That's right. Well, and every time anybody talks about that, somebody pulls out some study that they read or they heard about where, you know, two or five years after they made their $20 million, they were back in the, in the trailer park with no money again. Yep, and uh, I don't know if that's a true thing or not, but it's just it shows I think the importance of working on yourself. Yeah, there's actually a documentary on YouTube about lottery winners. Man, it's like I feel bad for those people. Like I said, nobody's feeling good for them these days. <laughs> awesome. But you know what? If if I won the lottery, the like let's say I, I don't you know I don't have hundreds of fifties and millions of dollars. So let's just say that I like came into. Uh, you know, a, a nine figure income from the lottery. The first thing I think I do is get a mentor, you know, somebody who's had that kind of money before someone who could, you know, I would get some, Oh, not just one, maybe, maybe I would have multiple advisors. I have multiple advisors in my life. Now I have a lawyer. I talk to almost every day. I've got uh, two people that run the money. You know, I've got a CPA that does the, some stuff. And then I've got an accountant that does some other stuff. I've got a uh, legal advisor. I've got people helping me with my marketing stuff. Like I would seek uh, consultants and mentors to make sure that I didn't screw it up. You know, you got guys like I was just listening to the radio when I pulled into the, the garage earlier coming back from a quick lunch run. And they were saying like the richest 
the wealthiest rappers in 2000. I like rap music, so I listen to rap channel. It's the, the wealthiest rappers in 2017. They were saying Drake was number five with 90 million. Puff Daddy finished number one with $854 million. Wow. Now, Jay-Z was right behind him with like 812. Now, the difference is like there, but yet there's guys like, uh, you know, Travis, Travis Porter and, and Kodak Black who, who have basically uh, blown their career. They've blown all their money, their careers over. Now they're both about to stand trial. And the difference between Jay-Z and Puff Daddy is if you'll notice, first of all, those guys live in New York. So when people realized that in the New York banking industry realized that those guys were making money, they started taking their money and investing it properly for them. That's a, that's a mentor. They got a consultant, somebody in their life that knew how to handle nine, 10, 11, and 12 digit uh, budgets. That's, that's confident with that, which wall street is always obviously crawling with those people who are probably also big time Jay-Z and Puff Daddy fans. Right. And so they've got those financial advisors that have been able to get there. I watched a a deal the other day that said Jay-Z that like only a tiny fraction of his money came from music. It came from him playing the stock market, investing in companies, launching clothing brands. You think he figured all that out from the hood? No, he had <laughs> mentors and stuff like that in his life. You know what I mean? Like if you get that one album and you're like going from rapping in the Marcy projects and then you get picked up and now all of a sudden you're making a million dollars. Like, you know, in order for you to sustain that, you've got to have smart people around you or you just be like one of those lottery winners, you know? Yeah, and you know, Ryan, as you're talking, I was thinking about business, right? If you if you run a hundred million dollar company, you know, you don't do it yourself. You have a board of directors. You have a vice. You have a series of vice presidents. You have vice vice presidents. You have supervisors, managers, people that do the work. You have departments that are accounting and sales and marketing and all of these things, and that's how companies are successful. And you, you, what you said, I think, was really brilliant. It's we, most of the people, like I would never have thought, you know, if you said, okay, Scott, you just won $10 million, the last thing I would have thought of is I should go see a CPA and an accountant and an invest, investment advisor and start really looking after the money properly as opposed to popping it into the bank and like you, you know, <laughs> drinking it and snorting it and, going on uh, world luxury tours. Right. That's what most of them do, though, you know, because that's all they they know. And they're like, easy come, easy go, because that's what they're doing with their paychecks anyway. And uh, but you know what? If you have the right people in your life, like the, I think probably one of the biggest shockers that they have to deal with is tax. Right. They probably, you know, they, they don't pay the tax up front. They don't realize that they've got to pay probably half their money back in taxes. And then they blow the other half in business investments that start to make money in one way or another. And then they can't play, pay the tax on that either. I would venture that that is probably the number one struggle they face is the, the tax issue. Yeah. If you don't have the right advisor, I mean, it doesn't matter if you win $100 million, All of a sudden, it's really worth fifty. you know? That's right. That's right. What are the rules? And how do you play the game? And most of us are not trained. I mean, this is why Rich Dad, Poor Dad was such a hit, Right. Most of us are not trained on how to manage our money, how to manage our entrepreneurial uh, desires and bents and, and all the rest of it. We're really used to working nine to five, 40 hours a week, 40 years of life, and getting a golden handshake and a nice little pension and a veranda with a rocking chair. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds good in theory. It doesn't work, though. 
I think right. I, I think it worked for, like my it worked for my dad, right? It didn't work. His dad didn't have it. He was a farmer. My dad was an accountant, vice president of a company in the accounting department, and uh, everyone in my generation and all my cousins, we never had the opportunity for the forty hour forty year um, career that that worked out. It it just really lasted one generation, and I'm not a bitter thing. I'm really happy that I'm not doing what I did for 20 years, which was run a grocery store now, I would probably be uh, 350 pounds and had two or three heart attacks and and a couple nervous breakdowns because <laughs> the system was just grinding us to the, you know, to the bone. But uh, so, you know, it's, it's amazing. Just speaking of the grocery thing there for a minute, it's like, it, it's amazing that uh, we live in a time too where Amazon's got the stores that you walk in and you don't have to do anything but walk in and walk out uh, and they charge you and they know what all you have and stuff like that. And then we've got, you know, like here we have a really fancy Walmart. It's like the only one in the country. And I know it's, it's like kind of like an oxymoron, but it's like the only one in the country. They sell like Dom Perignon and this thing and wow. everything, right? But when you pull up, you order your groceries online. When you pull up, they give you groceries. And like you don't even have to get out of the car. You just pull under the porta cachet and they load them up in the back of your you know, SUV or your car, your trunk, wherever you want them. And you're on down the road. And so what a lot of people I think don't understand is we're continuing this evolution. So you mentioned your your grandfather, you know, he farmed. Yes. And then uh, he might have farmed with like shovels and pickaxes and hoes and, and, and tons of manual labor. And then tractors came along and made that easier. And then, you know, trucks came along and then they started fruit stands and then turned into grocery stores and then Walmart mass produced all the transportation. Well, let alone the people that were doing the manual labor with the hose and pickaxes, they lost their job to tractors. The people that were running the fruit stand, they lost their job to Walmart. The people that were, you know, farming, they uh, they lost their job to probably they lost their stake probably to a lot of people lose it to Monsanto. And we're we're seeing that same evolution. And what people have to do is is I think uh, we're in a state right now to where we have to see this evolution. Like you said, you would be working for the grocery store, but you don't have to anymore. And they're about to automate grocery stores. So what people have to really start looking for is ways that are going to be useful in the future. Yes. Right. Like those are future future businesses. Right now, you wouldn't go into, hey, I'm going to go into ditch digging business. <laughs> you wouldn't do it. You know that Elon Musk has that boring company that you know bores ditches like one million stories deep within a matter of months. So like you'd be put out of business by technology. It'd be stupid to go into that. It'd be like right now. It'd be like going, hey, I'm going to go into the DVD business. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And so I think a lot of people are, are grasping on to. Uh, old school jobs. And I see this a lot, like even in the sales sphere, you know, in, in, in the internet marketing sphere, a lot of these jobs are going to go away there. And people say, Oh, you'll never replace salespeople. You're right. We'll never replace all of them. But there's there, like, there's just like anything else. There's a lot of dumb salespeople and they're going to get replaced. Yes. You know, uh, it just like, if you go to the, the post office, they replace the post office tellers with a machine out there that now you can mail your own stuff. If you go to McDonald's or something. I don't go to McDonald's, but if you go there, they've got, you know, supposedly these machines that you can uh, punch your order in and you don't even have to talk to anybody. And so it's only going to be a matter of time before the, the artificial intelligence is going to get smart enough to put a lot of people out of jobs. They say the number one job at threat right now by artificial intelligence is lawyers. Can you believe that? Number no. two is doctors. Wow. I would never have guessed either of those. Yeah, because they got machines that are going to be able to perform these surgeries with precision, 
And with with lawyers, you know, thanks to uh, LegalZoom, uh, you can pretty much get whatever contract you want as long as you're not somebody like me that has a very exceptional business. And as long as you don't need to go, as long as you don't need to go to court, you wouldn't necessarily have to hire an attorney anymore. Right. You could just go get the documents online. Well, and I was thinking, you know, if you did where I went to and you said that, Ryan, was imagine if you went to court, how many like if I I haven't like I was divorced. So I did that time. But uh, I've seen Perry Mason and I've seen these court cases and everything else where they, you know, they've got 10 people around this huge conference room and there's paper a foot high and they're going through old cases and, you know, getting case law. And, you know, if you had AI that would just say, okay, Ryan, you know, uh, Jones versus Smith, 1903 and uh, uh, Scott versus Ryan, 2017, and this case and this case. And if you take this part and that part and this part, uh, it just basically makes the case for your position. You're done, right? Of course, the other guy yeah. might be doing the same thing, but you know, to go through all of the, to, be, to be able to do like a fast Google type search of all the law and you know how the law applies and all the case law that supports the position. I mean, that's a lot of looking through, reading, and analyzing that would just be like instantaneous in a computer pretty much yeah it's happening you know and uh every time that you post on facebook or search on google or anything they're storing that data and it's only feeding the ai machine yeah yeah cool so looking forward uh if, if someone came up to you and said okay ryan uh i'm a bagger at a grocery store it's my name's scott um what should I be looking for now? Because obviously uh, they've got, they're going to have, you know, 10 arms, robotic arms on the checkouts and they're going to bag the groceries absolutely perfect. And, and then it's going to go on a thing and it's going to go to the back and it's going to go into the lady's car and they're not going to need me anymore. So what are some of the things that I should be looking at? Well, you should be looking at future trends, right? So you should be looking at what stocks are going up and what the companies behind those stocks going up have in plan, Amazon being one of those companies, uh, and find out how you can get either on board or ahead of the curve. And, you know, things you have to, and you, you have to do your research, you know, uh, in reality, I, uh, I worry about the sales industry, which is who I sell to and who I'm a part of. And if something happens and there's a big disruptor in that industry, then it, it not only puts a lot of my brothers and sisters out of business, but it hurts my business as well. And so I've started uh, thinking about things for the long-term play and uh, buying uh, a lot of real estate and getting in, involved in real estate related businesses. Now I've always been in real estate since I entered the professional uh, world in 2003, uh, I became a, a loan officer. So I've got, and I did that for nine years. So I, I have a background in real estate and I'm on a flip, I'm on my 42nd house right now. So I've been at it for a minute. Um, and the reason why, the reason why I share that is I started looking for things that revolve around real estate because no matter what, people are always going to need a place to live, right? That trend's never going to change. Houses are going to get better and, but that trend's never going to change. So what I did in my, you know, instance is we own portfolio of homes. Uh, we buy and flip homes, we buy and keep homes. And in the future, in the event that a living wage hits America, I'll have residential rental income spitting out money to me every month to supplement what everybody else doesn't have. The other thing is 
I also invest in uh, companies and own companies that do home related stuff. So I uh, I own fifty uh, percent of an ADT retail outlet, and we obviously install home security and all that good stuff in people's homes. And I see houses getting smarter and smarter, like cars have. Yes. You know, you'll be able to work more and more stuff from your phone. And uh, I want to be in on that trend. I know that if people are going to be out of job, they're going to be spending more time at home. They're going to want to feel safer for the other people that don't have money, that are out of a job, that are prowling the streets, that are hungry. And they're going to want to have things that, that do cooler stuff in their home. So I'm just done doing my part to get ahead of the trend here. And uh, we've got, you know, obviously a successful sales coaching business that does a lot of business. But now I also have a, a very successful, you know, real estate business and a, a very successful uh, I mean, both of them are seven, seven figure a year businesses that that we do for the uh, alarms and for the real estate business because that's that's the trends that I pay attention to. And I'm a on top of all the other stuff that I do, I'm active in the the stock market. So you know, I see these trends. I see that BlackRock's been buying up you know over 500 billion dollars in houses in the last five years because they're going to set themselves up that when you know the everything hits the fan they've positioned themselves to where they're like hey, well you know it doesn't matter to us because people got to rent from us and then the government's going to pay their rent and then we're going to be able to get that money right back for them from them and that's like the path that i'm going i just bought a bunch of their stock yesterday too <laughs> nice i i think you hit on another thing that's really true and that is as something's going down, something else is going up. And yep. it's, it's a wave, right? Like I often evolution, evolution, uh, the beach. I love the beach. And, you know, I've spent a lot of years looking at that water. And I thought, you know, it's never, it's very rare that it's flat. Most of the time it's going up and it's going down. And uh, that's the same, just exactly what you're talking about. You know, we grocery stores had their run. Now we have, Amazon or Walmart that is droning food directly to your house. All you got to do is program your computer to keep track of your, you know, in your fridge to keep track of your groceries that you want. And then when you want something special, just add it to the list and tell it what time to come. And you get home from work at 6, 6.05. There's a drone outside the window. You open the window. It just drops it there and says, goodbye, Mr. Mr. Stuman, we'll see you later, and off it goes. That's it. That's our future. <laughs> the Jetsons have almost arrived. That's it, right. <laughs> okay, so we're going to assume that uh, sales uh, have not been disrupted, that they are still going to be an important part of the salesman's uh, career. We're not going to put them out of business. Uh, but what do you say to a salesman who's in a bit of a slump? How can they get out of it? Well, you know, uh, I have a, a, a few blog posts about that at hardcorecloser.com. You can type in slump under search and you can read the blog post over there in more detail. But the main thing is you need to find what the baseball players call a slump buster. And you need to, you need to go find something that's easy. So in, in baseball, uh, this is from Jose Canseco's book. Uh, they called the slump buster. They go find an ugly chick that they could easily get to sleep with them so that they could like get over their, their bad streak where they weren't hitting stuff. It's like, Hey, you know, they got, they got something to help get their confidence up a slump buster. 
And salespeople need to do that too. Oftentimes we get hard on ourselves. So we're like in a slump. Then we start feeling bad for ourselves. Then we like perpetuate the slump and it gets deeper and deeper when, when all along what we need is some way to boost our confidence that we can get out of that slump. And so, uh, you know, it starts with identifying who, who's an easy sell that you can immediately make right now. Somebody that's been on the fence and you just need to pick up the phone and, and handle your business and use that as your slump buster. And then ride the momentum accordingly. Oftentimes we get in a slump. We just start thinking of all the hard people we should call because we just get so self, you know, detrimental and all that. Mm. You know, you reminded me as you were telling that uh, about when I was divorced, which was about 20 years ago now. uh, But it was devastating to my self-esteem and to my confidence. And I just went into this really bad downward spiral. And I was sitting there one day and I just thought, you know, I got to do something. Like, I just cannot do anything right, right? Like, everything is wrong. And uh, so I said, well, like, could I do one thing right? Like, what, what, and, and I don't know what it was now, but I just found, and it could have been tying my shoes and walking around the block. I mean, it just did not matter what it was. It was just, I needed to have a success. <laughs> like, I needed to say, I'm going to do something yep. and then do it, Right. And then, and then, so once you did the first one, it was like, okay, now I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to do something a little bit harder. You know, maybe tie both shoes (laughs) or do two blocks or, and, and just, and eventually it got to the point where it was like I was back to normal or maybe better because sometimes they say when you break an arm, the arm is stronger in the broken spot than it was before. And, uh, but I always remember it's just like, I just need to do anything. It doesn't matter. Like, Drink a glass of water. It was just say I'm going to do it. Go and do it, and go. Yes, I did it right. And so yeah, yeah. There's a book out. There's a book out right now by Mel Robbins called The Five Second Rule, and that's all it is. Is like how to change your state in five seconds. It's like the, that one thing that makes all the difference. Like you said, it could have been tying your shoes or whatever. It's just that one thing to 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 help with your confidence. You know. That's right. And and sometimes we. I I don't know about sometimes. I'll say for me, all the time. It was. It had to be. You know, make that massive sale that I've been trying to make for five years, or or do some huge thing. And in, and in fact, it doesn't. It, it can be a small thing, and then a, a little bit bigger, and a little bit bigger, and a little bit bigger until you. It's a process as opposed to a, a, a leap. I guess it can be a process instead of a leap. You know, if you do right. the leap, if you do the leap and you close, you know, a seven-figure deal that you've been working on for three years. I mean, great, obviously. That's wonderful, and it'll do great things for your confidence, but it's not necessarily likely. And so mm-hmm. well, that's cool. That's a great way of getting it getting it out. So you have a best-selling book, Elevator to the Top. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so uh, I wrote a book that I think every salesperson or really – I know your audience has a lot of entrepreneurs and stuff. You guys should read it too. And what it, what it's about is about the journey through sales from like what to expect your first day. So like it covers rookies. Uh, it's what to do and, and how to leverage your sales business and build a team. So it's for mid-level people. It's got a lot of scripts. It's got a lot of different examples that I've used and that my clients have used and become a part of. And are a lot of examples that my cl- of, of my clients and a lot of examples of things that I've done. And then it's also going to... Uh, teach you about how to save your money and, and not get caught up in the normal uh, wear and tear and all the BS that happens when you become a salesperson, you know, going out and blowing all your money and making a bunch of dumb salesperson decisions <laughs> and trying to help you. I mean, it's literally everything you need to know about sales from day one to retirement. That's why I wrote the book. And uh, you can get it for free 
uh, elevatortothetop.com. It's a bestseller, and we're st- and we're giving it away for free. I mean, think about it. It's like a bestseller on Amazon, and we've still given like 5,000 copies away free through like shows like this. So there's a lot of people with their hands on this book and, uh, and a lot of people taking pictures on social media and stuff like that with it. We've got a, a lot of good testimonials as well. So you can – uh, your folks can go over to elevatortothetop.com and they can grab the book there. And there's some other cool offers uh, for them over there as well. Wonderful. Well, Ryan, we've, we've kind of come to the, uh, the end of our time together. I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to uh, share this, your wisdom with, uh, with me and with our audience. Uh, is there anything you'd like to uh, tell everybody before we sign off? Uh, no, just head over there and grab my book. You know, thanks for having me on, Scott, and just go, you know, your folks and yourself too. Just go over to elevatortothetop.com and, and uh, grab a free copy of that book and read it and then uh, use what you learned from it to make some more money or maybe just use what if you if you if there's some people out there retired or they just enjoy the, the, the side hustle of internet marketing, use the psychology and the things that you learned in a book just to live a better life. It'll it'll do that for you as well. Wonderful. Thank you. This is Scott Patton, the Dean of Blogonomics and Pedology. You've been listening to Internet Marketing Unleashed. My guest today is Ryan Stuman, the hardcore closer, hardcorecloser.com, uh, the author of Elevator to the Top. Get the copy at www.elevatortothetop.com. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>